Welcome to the Point Noted Podcast with your host, Johnny B, and co-host who shows up whenever he wants to, former NFL player, Rashad Barksdale. It's raw, unfiltered, and no topic is off-limit. We talk sports, entertainment, culture, and a whole lot of random shit. Let's get to the point. Point on the podcast, you're hanging out with your host, Johnny B. And on today's show, we're talking everything MMA and UFC. So we have James Leach in the house. Hey, James, how are you? I'm awesome, man. Thanks so much for having me on. Absolutely, man. Thanks for coming on, man. You know, I'm hoping by the time this show is over, I'll get some tips on how to actually be a better fighter, too, you know? <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll see what I can provide. We'll see what I can <laughs> um, where are you at, James? You're in Canada, right? I am. I'm in uh, Vancouver. Oh, are you from Vancouver? Yes, born and raised. I uh, lived in Toronto for about 10 years, and then I moved back here in uh, end of 2018. Oh, what's the biggest difference between Toronto and Vancouver? Uh, the weather. It is way warmer and way colder in Toronto than it is here. Like, Vancouver's like California. A little bit of rain, uh, you know, moderate weather all year. It doesn't get too hot. Actually, I'd say it's more like London. It's like, uh, it, you know, decent weather, a little bit of rain, but not too hot, not too cold. Like, no snow in the winter. It's great. Wow. See, I didn't know that. So I'm writing that right now because I think that's a vacation spot idea. You just gave oh, you me right now. Here, man. The mountains are beautiful. Good, good people. Good food. Yeah, it's uh, really if this journalism thing doesn't work out, I'll work for the tourism board. I think I do a good job. <laughs> that doesn't sound too bad, man. For real, that doesn't sound too bad at all. How is the, uh, how is the MMA scene out there? Uh, it's pretty good. We have a lot of really notable gyms. A lot of notable fighters have come out of here. Um, a couple of UFC fighters, uh, like there's Cole Smith and Tristan Connolly, mm. and it's, right. uh, yeah, it's not bad. The the scene's pretty good, and there's two uh, two really good promotions, uh, regional promotions out here too. Battlefield and uh, Rise Fighting Championships. Oh, okay. You know, like back when uh, back when we had uh, Vince Carter out there, that was what everybody was looking looking up to, uh, basketball wise. Uh, you guys have a Canadian fighter that guys typically just look for or look up to as they want to be a fighter like that, or is it just yeah, pretty much- not 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 to Vince Carter's magnitude, but yeah, I mean, there's there's I'm sure you know for the kids out there, I mean, it's you know obviously like any fighters that are in the UFC that are Canadian, they always sort of keep tabs on them. But uh, Vince Absolutely. Carter was, a, was another animal, man. That guy was uh, for Toronto. He he helped like shape basketball in Toronto. It was crazy. Wow, half man, half amazing. Yes, exactly. Vince Carter's the man. I, st- I mean, I really still can't believe he was still playing. Like, and for me as a fan of his, it's hard for me to watch him uh, still playing, even though it was playing about 10 minutes a night. But see, I have a thing where I feel like legends and great ones should just hang it up at some point. Don't wait and just play it till, you know what I mean? Like till you're 40 something. Like, that's just me. Like, no, no, no. I'm with you. you. I, at, le- at least he did it in the NBA. It wasn't like the, some of these guys going over to China and they're really past their prime, you know, like your Antoine Walkers and like, right. you know, Marbury and those guys. Right. Like, so I, I agree with you, though. It's uh, it's tough to see. But I'll always like Vince Carter in my head is always the guy who did the, you know, 360 dunk and, and all that stuff Oof, when, he was in, man. You know, when he was in uh, when he was in Toronto and all that stuff. Not 360, the between the legs one. That's when I was thinking. Yeah, yeah I think my favorite dunk was still the one he did in the Olympics. Yes, yeah, that was amazing. I I just don't know how you jump over a man that high and just like like it was nothing. I I can't get over it. Yeah, no, it was uh, yeah. it was awesome, man. Yeah, it's really cool. Yeah, and you know, and speaking of staying late in the game, uh, I can't imagine doing that in MMA though. Imagine being way past your prime and you still fighting. That's that's <laughs> that's a death you, you, do see it. you do see it. I mean, Ken Shamrock fought you know not that long ago for for Bellator, and uh, you know you see some of these guys that, that hang on a little too long. It's it's unfortunate. You don't see it as much as before, but yeah, you still see some guys that not in the UFC, but they'll you know you see them go fight for other smaller promotions, and it's like eh, right, it's probably smaller ones. Hang 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess the smaller ones are not too bad. Uh, I mean, I was talking to uh, Jimmy Manuel last week and he was telling me how, you know, he's he wants to come back. And I was like, OK, I mean, like, you know, like I like Jimmy, you know, he's a friend of mine. But I was like, you know, we really doing that? He's like, man, I'm itching for it. I was like, yeah, guys want to come back, man. You just you just miss it. Right. You just you miss that competition. You miss that edge, especially now in this COVID where you get to see fights twice a day. I mean, twice yes. a week. Yeah, exactly. And, and I think part of it, too, is when a lot of these fighters retire, they still have that competitive desire to to do something. That's, you know, the whole thing with Michael Jordan, remember, where he was, you know, g gambling because like he wanted that competitive, uh, you know, right. aspect in his life. So, yeah, I don't a lot of these fighters like we got a we got a guy fighting this Saturday, Alexander Gustafson. He retired last year and he just decided, you know what, I'll come back, but I'll come back as a heavyweight. I don't need to cut any right. weight. We'll, we'll try right. this out. So, yeah, there's a lot of guys that suffer them to walk away. Right. And Gus was good, though. I liked him when he was fighting. Gus. Was oh, yeah. Gus was good. So another thing that, um, you know, Jimmy mentioned in our conversation with Gus the fighter is towards the end sometimes you just kind of go through the motion. You know, he's like, you know, you're going to a fight, but you kind of, you're there, but you're not there. You know, I mean, have you, have you noticed that with fighters? Have you heard that before? Oh yeah, of course. And I mean, you, you see sometimes that, you know, certain fighters, they have an off night or, or, you know, it, you don't really know, like a lot of it's mental too. Like if you're not mentally good to go in the cage, like it doesn't matter how talented you are. You can, you know, you can lose a fight, even if right. you're more skilled than the other guy. It's, it's, it's a really tough sport. Like I, I, I envy or I don't envy, but I, I say that, uh, I, I think it's the toughest sport <laughs> to make a living in because you don't get paid a lot. You, you take right. a lot of damage. There isn't like a pension plan or anything like that. Right. Like it's, really a big risk but uh, at the same time i'm sure that excitement of you know getting a knockout or being a champion i mean that's something that can't be replicated in certain other sports so uh so yeah right. it's, you're totally right though you got to go through the the motions the highs and the lows uh it's very rare to, to stay high at, at a high level in, in mma it's just so difficult yeah i mean so in the uh the soccer player especially overseas um you know you you're looking at you know, some of the top guys are making like 250K a week, 350K. I think Neymar and Messi, I think they make like half a million a week. Um, and then, like you say, you have these MMA guys, some of them just getting 20K just to step out there. Um, is it like, is it possible? Like, what would you say would be the way for them if they want to ever like get ahead of that, start making better money? Like, is there something that needs to be done from a player standpoint? Or is it just more so UFC has to figure another way uh, to make the salary better? Yeah, it's it's just not a good model right now. Like you look at other sports, the, the the revenue share of how much money they're making is way greater in all the other sports. Like I think it's as high in, in some sports as like, you know, 30, 40, 50 percent in the UFC. Yeah. I think it's like 18 percent. So, I mean, clearly the owners, they're, they're running away with a lot of this money, but that doesn't trickle down to the fighters, unfortunately. So it's just the model they set up. If you want a better example, go look at what's going on in WWE. It's the same thing where they right. don't have a lot of rights. They don't have a lot of like, you know, uh, good health care and, and things like that. It's it's about the brand like, like the UFC motto has always been like we're going to be here we're not going anywhere if you want to go fight elsewhere we'll find other fighters to replace you that's right. just sort of how they've been so it's it's really right. they're, they're at the mercy of this you know juggernaut that is the ufc like you can go fight in bellator you can go fight in these other promotions maybe you will make some more money but the ufc is really a household name the same way that like kleenex is a is a brand for tissues right like it's the same right. sort of thing when you think of mma you think of ufc um right. you know so, so they have that, that sort of advantage Right. And, and and when you think of brand, you think of Conor McGregor, right? The way he just brand himself uh, with the UFC, made a lot of money doing that. Um, you would think more players would kind of follow that footprint, right? It's very tough to do, though, because there's a couple of things with Conor that separate him from a lot of other fighters. Number one, he was winning fights, right? Like, that's true. a big thing. Very that, true. He, he, 
he was a good self-promoter, but he was winning. If he was losing, people wouldn't care as much. Two, he, the true. way he was winning, he was winning by knockout. He was like the perfect storm for fight fans. Like, this is not a guy who's going to wrestle you for three rounds or try and go for a submission. He's going to take your head off like he did with Jose Aldo and Chad Mendes and so many other fighters. So it was that. Three, he's a great self-promoter. That's rare. You don't get fighters that can go on the mic and, you know, spit off lines like he can and just be so, like, get people so invested in every single fight that he's in. Like, that's right. so hard. And then the final thing, which is something that is so rare and is, is very tough to replicate especially for american fighters is like what he represents like he represents ireland as a whole like it's he's there he's their superstar it's the same reason why george st pierre was so popular in canada because he represented only canada but french canadians as well so it's a huge thing to do like john jones doesn't have that same impact john jones is american he's he's an exciting fighter he's good self-promoter but he's not like a conor mcgregor in that sense because he doesn't have that feeling of being sort of the smaller guy, right? Like he's an American, whereas Connor, you know, he came from a, a tough upbringing in Ireland. So a lot of the Irish fans look at that and be like, you know, that's that's something that, that I want to aspire to be like. Absolutely. And I love GSP. Uh, he was actually my favorite fighter. Um, every time I hear somebody say, oh, we don't want to fight GSP, I want to come on with time. I'm like, why? Just leave him alone. You know, <laughs> just let him be and enjoy himself somewhere out there in Canada, man. But I love GSP. He was really... Uh, the one guy I started watching because I look at him the way I look at Mayweather. He had a plan and he sticks to it. Yeah. Um, people look at Mayweather and say, oh, he's a boring fighter. And I disagree because I always feel like the whole point of boxing is to hit, don't get hit. Um, you know, all these guys go out there and you slug it out, you know, six months later, two years later, you you can be able to talk because, you know, you're kind of slowing and all of that good stuff. So I've always liked GSP for being uh, that type of fighter. Um, but speaking of boring, so I heard a few guys tell me that uh, they feel like Huzma uh, is a boring fighter, especially the last one. Did you see that? I, I did, yeah. And and I disagree with that. And, you know, you brought up Mayweather. I can kind of tie it to this conversation here. Like, Mayweather, I'm with you. Like, I like watching Mayweather fight. Um, people mm-hmm. who expected him to go out and knock out Manny Pacquiao in the first round just wasn't going to happen. That's not the type of fighter he is. You, right. if, if you're a real fight fan, if you're looking at the details in a fight, you're seeing that head movement. You're seeing the strategy that's being Beauty. employed. And it, exactly. And that's what drives me nuts. Like, we get in an MMA a lot where you have a lot of fans being like, that was a boring fight. But it's like, no, like... There's there's a there's a there's an art to this that you're not seeing, right. and and it's too bad that a lot of fans don't appreciate that. They just want to see like a bar fight, you know, and it's it's right. not going to happen all the time like that. But getting back to Usman, like anyone who saw that fight on paper knew that that's how the fight was going to play out. And and I actually give credit to Usman that he actually tried to stand and trade with Masvidal for a while in that fight because that's Masvidal's strength. Usman mm. had a clear advantage heading into the fight with his wrestling. Like that was undoubtedly right. something that he could rely on. And that's how he won the fight. He was, he was, you know, he was able to wrestle him. He was able to, you know, be the, the more conditioned fighter. And for fans to criticize that, it's like, what did you expect? Like, t- did you think he was going to go knock out Masvidal in the first round? And conversely, he'd be an idiot to strike with Masvidal because what happens? What if Masvidal knocked him out? Then right. he'd be saying, what a dumb game plan. So you can't win with the fans. I mean, a lot of these fans, they, a lot of them have never fought. And a lot of them don't appreciate the, the finer things. But I thought Usman's performance was fine. I wasn't bored. I just looked at it as he had a clear way to win and he executed it. Right. And Masvidal came out hot, though. Like you yeah. said, you know, he can't really stand on, you know, and fight with him and throw punches. Uh, clearly, like, oh, hey, you know, showed in the first round was, you know, I mean, I think it was coming out there to see if he can win the first round and maybe knock him out and be over with. But obviously, Usman being the type of champion, he was able to withstand that uh, and fight back. But just to agree, like you said, it, you know, you, you know, you come up with your game plan, you stick with it. And you just execute. That's all it was. I didn't think it was born at all. I thought it was perfectly um, planned out. Yeah. Um, but if they do it again, what do you think happened? 
Oh, and Usman would still win. I mean, Masvidal cannot develop that much wrestling like skill set over the next couple of years to to match what Usman's done. I mean, Usman was a standout wrestler in Nebraska. Like he, you know, he he did, it, and his striking's getting better too. Like we saw that in the right. Colby Covington fight where he was actually able yep. to knock out Colby. Like this, this is becoming out. a very 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 complete martial artist. And uh, yeah, I don't I don't find it boring at all. Like I, it takes it takes very. Like I just try and look at stuff that maybe a lot of other people don't. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong. There are some boring fights. I think even on that card, or maybe it was the card after. I can't remember. There was a really bad heavyweight fight, but like, you're going to get that every now and then. But in general, like you got to look at what's actually happening there and not just you know looking for the flash all the time, so to speak. Right, right. And listen, James, I can't get over, I can't get over that Dustin Poirier fight. Uh, I forgot oh, yeah. what was it a uh, hard. I cannot get over that. Like, was that crazy or like? I'm watching, I'm like, oh my goodness, both of these guys are going to need some headache medicine every single day for the next two weeks. Yeah, you and, 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 it, and you just you knew that was going to happen on paper. You have two really good strikers and Dan Hooker and Dustin Poirier. Really uh-huh. big fight for the division. I mean, Poirier coming off the title loss to Habib. And, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, just going out there and being able to, you know, uh, really show his worth that he is one of the top fighters. And no no shame in Dan Hooker, like, losing that fight. Like, his Not stock went up, if anything. He he showed that he can go toe-to-toe with Poirier, which is very difficult to do. And it was just such a it, – it's one of those fights that was good on paper and it played out well on paper. And the implications are just so huge for both fighters because lightweight's such a stack weight class. You've got Habib right. at the top. you got the interim champ, Justin Gaethje. You still got guys like Tony Ferguson and Poirier and all that. And so it was such a, it, it, like, it's it's definitely one of the fights of the year, not just because of the way it played out, but the implications from it as well. It just was such a fun and great fight. And and the type of fight you could show, like, a casual fan, and they'd be like, man, right. I'm really into this. You know? I mean, that. I mean, all that punch. Is anybody going to be Khabib? That's the question. I think Gaethje's going to be an interesting matchup. We never really see him use his wrestling. Um, mind you, NCAA collegiate wrestling is different than the type of wrestling that Habib does, being from Dagestan. But yeah. I think in general, uh, it's it's this is probably the one fight where it's like, you know, could, could it happen? It might. But I probably not. I mean, I think uh, unless Habib decides to go up a weight class, I don't see anyone at 155 beating him right now. Yeah, they said he used to uh, wrestle bears or something back then. Yes, exactly. Yeah, that'll that'll do it. That'll develop good grappling when you can do that. So, right, if you can wrestle bears, there's nothing. I mean, you yeah. get in the UFC and just—I mean, that would literally just be like a game plan. Get him to the ground. Let's get it out of the way. Uh, James, do you uh, do you train? I don't. Um, it's something I want to do. My my kids getting a little bit older. I think we're going to do jujitsu together. But uh, no, my background is I played hockey. That was, I mean, stereotypical Canadian. I played hockey growing up with <laughs> rugby, with some soccer. But uh, no, never never got into fighting. What would actually kind of give you like Cole's notes here? I kind of got into fighting because I was like a pro wrestling fan when I was in my teens. Stopped watching it after a certain period of time. You know, I was dating and all that stuff. So that you know got in the way of me watching pro wrestling. But I think when the right. Ultimate Fighter came out, it sort of got me that pro wrestling, the love of pro wrestling, kind of got me into watching the UFC. And then I just became like obsessed with it and I was watching it all the time. And yeah, I really like, I love watching it. Like as far as like live sports goes, it's definitely one of my favorites to watch. So, so yeah, that's, that, that's, that's where my background came in. What's the best uh, fight you've seen? Uh, you know, it's it's kind of a one that not a lot of people bring up because it happened the same night as another really awesome fight, which was Mauricio Shogun, who and Dan Henderson. But to me, it's in Bellator. It was Eddie Alvarez and Michael Chandler. Uh, if you go watch that fight, uh, it was a, first off, it was a back and forth fight. And Michael Chandler at the time, when he fought Alvarez, he wasn't really known as like a household name. He, this was back when Bellator was doing tournaments. So he won the tournament. He fought Alvarez, who was a pretty notable guy at the time. 
And it was just a back and forth fight. And it, and it ended up that Chandler won. He was the underdog and he ended up submitting Alvarez later in the fight. But that was it was such a big fight because Chandler sort of became the face of the promotion after that point. And uh, mm -hmm. Alvarez, um, you know, he, he ended up uh, beating Chandler again, but uh, or, uh, avenging his loss to him. But still, it was such a huge uh, fight at the time that really sort of catapulted the promotion. And so, so that that's probably my favorite fight of all time in the UFC. John Jones and Alexander Gustafson has got to be my favorite. I, I love that. Okay. John Jones, uh, that's the man right there. I, I just always wonder what happened to John. Man. I just feel like you know he was a top of the mountain, and then for whatever reason, just feel like it didn't didn't really take that too seriously. Like that match was just a little too big for him. I, I uh, think you see this with a lot of professional athletes, and and just you know people with big platforms in general. You know, like I've seen like the. You see like the, not to go too much off on a tangent here, but like you see like the R. Kelly documentary, for example, like when, when people get to a certain point when they're so, right. they almost get like this godlike complex and then they, they mm. let all the bad things like come and creep into their life because they really, like in Jones's case, and he's admitted this, he's like, I just didn't think it was ever, like I could do whatever I wanted. It wouldn't really matter. So that unfortunately right. his own personal battles caught up to him and sort of derailed his career a little bit. I mean, I know he hasn't technically lost. Um, right. Terms. I know there's the DQ with Matt Hamill, but we can forget that that wasn't a loss. But in general, he just he's yeah, he gets in his own way. And it's such a shame because like imagine if John had not gone that path. I mean, how dominant he could have been even more right. than already seen. Right, right. I mean, it should be way ahead of uh Conor McGregor when we're talking about greatness right now. Oh, but yeah. you know, Conor took that took that pretty seriously. He wanted to be somewhere and he, you know, did everything he could. Uh, speaking of Connor, is he coming back? Do you think he's done? Because he keeps saying he's retired every uh, every other month. Is he done? <laughs> yeah, no, I don't think he's done. I, th I think he's not going to come back until they get crowds because I think that that's like a big part of what he like as far as like the, the revenue and the money he makes is the crowds mm -hmm. he brings in. Like I've been to cards in Vegas where you just see a sea of Irish fans. You'd think you're in Dublin by the way some of these uh, wow. groups are coming down to watch him fight. So I have a feeling it's a money thing, and the UFC is not in a position right now to pay these guys like right. way more than they're used to. So I think I think Connor will probably fight next year. I have a feeling we'll start to see some crowds come back in. What do you think is in line for him to fight? Well, that's the question. I mean, if I'm if I'm the UFC, I do that fight with him in Masvidal. I don't think it gets any bigger than that. You do it at welterweight. It doesn't, you know, neither guy's got to cut a lot of weight. You, you know, it's not going to be a boring fight. They'll both stand and trade. And really, that's the biggest fight the UFC can make right now. Like, forget about John Jones and Naganu and all these other fights. That is the biggest fight you can make. Masvidal was the biggest star by far in the promotion last year with his knockout over Ben Askren, his win over Nate Diaz, mm -hmm. his knockout over Darren Till. And you combine that with the, the star power of Conor McGregor. Like, that's McGregor. There, there isn't there isn't a bigger fight there. So maybe they do it this year. I don't know. They'd have to really pull up some money but that's the fight to make especially with Masvidal losing the welterweight title doesn't matter to him anymore let's just do a fun fight that's the fight is Conor McGregor yeah big fight big name and Dana already said uh 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 what is it um Usman's not fighting Masvidal right away it's gonna be facing no. um I think Gilbert, his teammate Gilbert, Gilbert Burns yeah yeah I, but see I don't get that though but I guess MMA is different I don't understand how you fight your own teammates like I, just, well, I mean I, I understand he has a belt but I just don't understand it I don't understand it James Okay, so a couple things about that. So it was supposed to be Burns fighting Usman initially at UFC 251, right. but then uh, Burns mm -hmm. got COVID and then he got pulled off and Masvidal got in. But initially they were trying to do Masvidal and Usman before that. So that's part of the reason why Burns got the title shot is because they needed someone to fight Usman at the time because they weren't getting anywhere money-wise. So Burns stepped in. So it's pretty tough to like, because Burns got COVID. It's not like something he did. It's just something that happened, right? right. So it's right. pretty tough for them to take away a title shot from a guy over something that was beyond his control, so to speak. So I think that's why they're giving him a shot. But not only that, Usman's left uh, Stanford MMA, so he doesn't train there anymore. He's with Justin Gaethje training in Colorado at Elevation Fight Team. So, um, yeah, and I, I think, look, at the end of the day, these guys are friends, but they know that, obviously, there's a lot of money on the line. There's a title on the line. Why not right. Why not do this fight, right? 
Right, right. I guess it, I guess it makes sense when you put it that way because I was trying to figure it out for the life of me was if y'all still train together and you teammates, why are you facing each other? Because you, I mean, you see that a lot in boxing where I think it was Bob Arm or King would not let his fighters fight each other. It was, oh, I know. If, they, if they have to fight weak fighters, he doesn't care. But you in my house, we're not fighting each other. Yeah, no, it's it's frustrating because I mean, you know, you want it, and and there's been look that happened to John Jones. Remember when he fought Rashad Evans? They were teammates. Yep. Rashad left yeah. the gym, and they they did it out. But I, I think for big fights like that, you you got to put your your friendship aside and just look. Right. If we punch each other in sparring, let's let's get paid for it now. You know what I mean? Like, like you put that aside, right? <laughs> yeah, but there's, there's no anger. There's no I'm gonna kill you. Uh, you know, type of feeling when you when you're in practice than it is when you're actually out there in the octagon and you gotta you gotta fight your friends. I would uh, I would hate to have to do that. Um, so if you if you can uh, if you can have a dream fight, who, who who would it be? Who would be fighting? Oh man, I mean, there's uh, like like are we talking just yeah? I, I, okay, we'll we'll talk like UFC here. I mean, the fight that I've always wanted to see is uh, is Brock Lesnar versus like a prime Cain Velasquez. That would have been like a really uh, incredible fight. Um, or, or Brock Lesnar and Fedor Emelianenko, or you know Brock Lesnar and I don't know, just seeing like some of those like really crazy like type fights. But if we're talking like right now, a fight that you could make. That would be super interesting. Honestly, it's 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 going to be Masvidal and McGregor. Um, okay, I, I really do think that would that's be a fight. Dream fight. That would be a dream fight for me to see, just because of the style match, because you got two guys with their huge fan bases going toe to toe, facing off. And I'll and I'll give you a slight second, just because I'm very curious to see how this would play out. But John Jones fighting Naganu at heavyweight. I want to see John Jones at heavyweight. I want to see how he does, because a lot of his opponents, he's got the height and reach advantage. How is he going to do up a weight class? Does that power of his still translate at heavyweight? That's another intriguing fight to me. So those are the two for sure. Yeah, I definitely think, uh, and, and I love John, but I definitely think he loses to uh, Nagano. I, I well, we'll see. He's never been hit that hard, right? Like, like he's been, like he's insane. been hit, but he's he's hit, he's been hit before in fights. But heavyweight power hit, I mean, that's a different animal, right? It's different, it's different animal. It's different. Animal. But why would you want to see Brock fight, Brock? I don't. I mean, Brock just is what had three years because he's a mutant, man. Like it, it's, it's, it's <laughs> like watching like an alien fight in there, you know. So it, yeah, it, but it, if he's not laying on top of you, he's not doing nothing, though, James. But you got, okay, for example, like the, the what I was talking about, like a prime Fedor Emelianenko. Like you have Fedor, who's like a tactician. Like this guy's yep. not a big heavyweight. How right. would he do? It would be like tech technique versus sheer size and power. Like could Fedor submit him? Could he do, like, I would want to see that. I, it's a fight we'll never see, unfortunately. <laughs> but like just sort of but, the freak in me wants to see that. James, I feel like Fedor would not even try to submit him because he knows that if you hit Brock one time, he's just going to start retracting. He's yeah, start retreating and getting back. So. I mean, you know, and it's funny. I brought this up the other day with a friend of mine. I was watching a couple of UFC fights or well, fights on, on TV. And I seen a fighter got hit and he kind of retreat in the way that looks like he was scared, shocked, and didn't know what to do. And that really bothered me because I felt like, dude, you can't be a fighter. You get hit and your disposition right away just looks scared. Like, like you're kind of hiding out again. You know what I mean? Like, it's not. It's not protecting yourself, but it's more so like you you you're scared now. Yeah, you know, it's it, it, it's interesting with him because I heard rumblings too that like Brock never wanted to get hit in training and things like that. So maybe that was coming out when he did lose those fights. So it's interesting, but yeah, I, I'm with you. Like you never want to back down in fights like that, right? Like you gotta you gotta show your your dominance, so to speak. Yeah, I mean nobody likes to get hit. You know, I, I, that's what I say. Oh, that, that's why I go back to Floyd Mayweather. You know, hit him, don't get hit. Uh, every single fight, he lands the most punches. You know, he makes sure like his opponent, if they had a 45% landing when they fight floor, usually it's about 20%. Mm -hmm. So I never understood why everybody knocked him for that. I'm like, why don't you give credit to that beauty that he just displayed out there? You know, yeah. you're fighting a guy that throws 100 punches a, 
around and usually lands about 50 or 60 of them. But then you face in Florida and you only land in five. That's genius. Yeah. No, I agree. And it's unfortunate more fans don't appreciate the beauty of that because it's it, it's really they're missing out. It's like you're watching. It's like you're watching a completely different movie than someone else. Yeah, they just want to see knockouts. Yeah. Um, <laughs> speaking of knockouts, um, what do you prefer? What what like what's my obviously we know knockouts is more exciting, uh, but submission or knockout? If you had to go down, what would you choose? Submission or knockout? Oh, if if I was if I was fighting and I had to lose. Are you yeah. saying? Or, oh, it would be submission. Absolutely. I'd, I'd rather get something like hopefully nothing <laughs> broken, but I'd, I'd rather take that than get knocked out. I mean, not getting knocked out, that takes years off your life. And just the way it happens, it doesn't look as bad as the submission, in my opinion. So I, I would way rather take the submission. Okay. So just the, the impact and then the pain, is, it's less. Yeah. Because it's only a couple seconds. Like you get knocked out, your head might hit the ground. You never know. There's a lot of stuff that could happen, right? So it's uh, plus your face gets all mangled up. Like I could lose like a heel hook. And my face is fine. My, you know, my, my face has no damage on it. So it's all good. Right. Right. Yeah. I think I, I don't know. Just something about, you know, just something about tapping out just doesn't, I don't know. It just doesn't sound too manly. Like, oh, I'm okay. I don't want to fight no more. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you step in to, that cage door, you're manly enough. That, that's how I look yeah, at it. You know, that, that, that right there is, that's a good point. You step in there, you're mad. Absolutely. Absolutely. Hey, um, to, just to step away from fighting for a second, how are you guys doing with the COVID situation out there? You know, I'm really lucky. Uh, so I live in Vancouver and uh, even to compared to some other areas of Canada, we're actually doing quite well. We're in like phase three. We've been here for like, I think, think since June. So I can still go work out at the gym. And, you know, obviously like you want to wear the masks and stuff when you go out, but the cases are pretty low as far as I know. So are the deaths. And uh, yeah, we're lucky, man. Like it's like, I know a lot of other places like in, in Quebec and Ontario, like it's a lot worse. There's still a lot of cases, but in BC, like we just, uh, in British Columbia, we have a lot of, uh, yeah, lower cases and stuff. So we're, we're doing well, but I appreciate you asking, but we're, we're pretty lucky here oh man that's great man we we the gym has been closed there since what march and it's not open yet actually they don't even know when they're gonna actually pop it open so for now i was telling someone i've, I've put on covid 19 pounds since this whole thing <laughs> happened where, where are you located <laughs> uh, i'm in upstate in albany in new york oh gotcha okay nice yeah i used to like yeah. I, said, I used to live in toronto so that's uh yeah i mean it's same sort of thing any of those big populated places i mean albany's a bit far from uh, manhattan but uh, in general like anytime you have like a big group of people it's always like uh yeah it's tough to do so um yeah, yeah. hopefully that improves man it's uh it's a scary world out there no it truly is man um so for the fights coming up this week this weekend what are you looking forward to what are some fights that you're looking you're looking forward to Oh, there's a couple. Uh, the main event, obviously, of this weekend's card, uh, Whitaker and Till is going to be awesome. Till won his middleweight yes. debut in his last fight. You got Whitaker who's coming off the, his title loss to Israel Adesanya. Uh, it's a good fight to see where both guys fit in the division because Till obviously had a good win, uh, but it's only one fight at middleweight. And with Whitaker, yeah, he lost the title, but there's a theory that's like, you know, has he taken too much damage? Is his heart really in this anymore? Who knows? So mm. we're going to have all those answers, uh, you know, concluded on Saturday in this fight. So there's that fight I love. Not a fan of the co-main event, Shogun and Little Nog. I know like it's sort of like a nostalgic, like pride fight that people want to watch, like because, you know, yeah. those are two like big names there. But personally for a co-main event, that that doesn't really do it for me. I, I am kind of intrigued by this Verdum and Gustafson fight at heavyweight uh, just to see mm -hmm. how Gustafson looks at it in a new weight class and coming out of retirement in Verdum. Can he redeem himself from that terrible performance he had in the last fight against Alexi Olenek? We'll have to see how that sort of pans out as well. So that's an intriguing fight. And then uh, the other one I'm actually interested in is the women's fight, the uh, the, the strawweight fight, Carla Sparza and Marina Rodriguez. Uh, Rodriguez, this is sort of like her first notable like big name opponent in Carla Sparza, who's a former champion. Can she continue the undefeated streak we'll have to see and for Asparza, you know can she keep her winning streak going can she get back into right. title contention this is a huge test for her so those are those are some of the fights i'm really looking forward to on saturday 
Oh, absolutely, man. I'll be watching. Uh, I'm pretty sure folks listening will be watching and making notes. Like, okay, so we got to see this fight. We got to see that fight. It all looks exciting fights on the on the card. So, can can't wait to see it. Hey, James, thank you so much for uh, stopping by and giving us some time. I really appreciate it. No problem. My pleasure. Uh, anytime you want me on, give me a shout. Always uh, fun talking fights. Uh, your listeners can check me out on social media at Lynch on Sports. That's L-Y-N-C-H on Sports. All one word. Twitter, Instagram. DMs are always open if you guys got any questions. And I got a YouTube channel as well. YouTube.com slash Lynch on Sports. That's where I do all my preview shows and uh, Q&As and all that fun stuff. And some of my interviews you'll find on there as well. So uh, thanks so much for having me, man. It's a lot of fun. Absolutely. Thanks for coming on, James. Really appreciate it. You're the man. You're the man. Appreciate it, man. Have a good day. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye. You've been listening to the Point Noted Podcast with Johnny B and Rashad B. Follow us on Twitter at PT Noted and Instagram at Point Noted. Hit the subscribe and follow button to follow us and check out more episodes of us talking a whole bunch of shit. You've been noted.